This week, we are all back together and in person. We open some Neon Dynasty packs, build decks, play a few matches, then sit down to talk about what we did or didn't like, tell us what your favorite card or color archetype is in Neon Dynasty. Find more info about the show and its hosts at familygathering.fm. Send us any feedback at magic at familygathering.fm. Podcast where we keep magic in the family. I'm Val. I'm Jonathan. I'm Joe. And I'm Derek. And today we're talking about the new sets pre release. Kamigawa. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Yes. And so that Kamigawa came out last Friday as a pre release, and we were there. We got the packs. Yes. Yay. But since we do things as the family, we waited an, an extra week to make sure we could all huddle around the table and enjoy the pre release together. And you know what? Today I was waiting for Joe and Jonathan, and I could not wait. I wanted to open that deck. Me too. Yeah. So, well, multiple people. I, I, I almost ripped it open one time. Yes. No, I didn't. Yeah, so someone put it in the cabinet at home and pretty much every day stared at it through the glass. Yeah, I think I actually did. <laughs> yeah. Even if I didn't think I did, I did. But the night finally came and we're back dun, together dun, dun. going through Kamigawa. And so we bought four pre-release packs. Each of those has six packs each with a die and a special card, which I don't know that anyone actually played there. No. I played mine. You played your pre-release card? Yeah. I did. Uh, no. I never drew it, but I played it. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. Bottom of the pile. Um, and so with, with that, we did a limited format again. So that meant we, we had only those six packs. And then we put those cards together to make a 40-card deck because, and then played against each because other. Because we all picked out a lucky um, pack. And I'm pretty sure Valentine is happy that she picked that out because her mom got her, like, two $30 cards. So someone's all about spoilers today. Mm-hmm. But Me too. Let's talk about that. So we had six packs. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys do? How um, was it? Oh, that it was good. So it was a good experience for you, John? <laughs> yes, I don't think it was for fun. Joe, good experience for you? Um, Overall, I think I got the best kind of packs because it seems that whenever you're in a limited format, you can pull all the, like, the top dollar cards or all the great cards, but then they're not usually as playable in the limited format. Yeah. Yep. I got kind of like run-of-the-mill rares, and those actually were pretty functional and worked well in my deck, but I didn't get any like super highlights. I got Tamiyo, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. symbol. Yeah. But that was pretty much the highlight on my end. Okay. My experience was uh, good. Better than I expected. I got the uh, Wandering Emperor, which was cool. And a dragon, which was cool. Oh, uh, dang it. You got a dragon. But Valentine, how was your pack experience? My pack experience was out of this world. Good answer. <laughs> so what did you open? Um, I might have or might have not opened um, a few uh, 30 buck cards, $30. So you opened Viseju? Yes. So you opened one, I think, on what, pack two? Yep. And then pack four, I think. Yeah. Even so, yeah. I mean, they were both legendaries. Yep. So I've seen that actually in the last pre release we did together, we got a lot of duplicates as well. We yes. got three Thalias, two Sorens. Yep. It seems we tend to duplicate a lot, but they were almost always, no, they were all in different pre release packs. Yes. Whereas this time, one got two. Yeah, so out of six packs, you hit twice. I got two of something for once, but you know what? I don't know if it was. So, Val, one of the 
um thirty dollar cards you got? Yes. What, what did what does it do? It adds a land and it does channel. So channel is an ability. Uh discard Baju. The Seiju. The Seiju. Who indoors uh destruct target artifact enchantment or non basic lands an opponent controls that pale pale may search their library for a land card with a basic land type, put it into the battlefield, then shuffle this ability cost one list um one colorless list to um activate for each legendary creature you control. Okay. So that card is not much of a limited card. No. It is a very strong um constructed card. Yes. It'll probably see some standard play just because it does get rid of artifacts and enchantments. And this set is very heavy on both. Mm -hmm. And then standard always has a few non-basic lands, nothing crazy. But that card will also see play in Modern, Mm -hmm. Legacy, Commander, because those formats are all very heavy on non-basic lands in addition to artifacts and enchantments. Mm -hmm. So it'll never really be a dead card. No. And worst case scenario, it is a forest. It is still and a forest. And it doesn't come into play tapped. These lands do not come into play tapped. That's which huge. Is actually really good. Yeah. And I'm I've reread um I opened the red version and I've read it like three times. Because I'm like, it has to say it comes into play tapped somewhere. And it doesn't. But it doesn't. Yeah, I mean the only downside is you can't fetch these. Yes. But other than that, they're all upside. There's no reason to not run one of these in a deck. To replace a mountain yeah. or a forest. Yep. I mean, if you need, if you're not hungry for basic lands, I always put it in there. Yeah. At least one of. Yep. Yeah. So the utilities on that card. So, Val opened all of the money packs. <laughs> yes, I did. Jonathan, what were some of the uh, the highlight cards that you pulled that were just like <gasps> amazing? Um. Uh, there was a, the fancy Banner Islands. The Japanese one. Oh yeah, we got. How many of those did you open? One. One. Okay. I opened. Two and they were both swaps. Um, what do they do? Um, they basically they're just designed, and when you place them down, it just is one mana. It just symbolizes one mana, and so it's like a cool art. Japanese art. Uh, yeah. So it's basically a different theme, but the same card. Yes. yes. Yeah. And just not just that; it's the theme that goes with the set. Because it's they look like Kamigawa lands. Yeah. Yes. Could you sell it for more than like a regular one? Yes. Does it have more value? Well, that's pretty cool. What else? Um, when I opened it up, the first thing that caught my eye was a walking skyscraper, which is eight colorless for an eight eight, and it costs one less to cast for each modified creature you control, which are equipment or as you control encounters or modifications. Mm-hmm. Um, it has trample and it has heads proof as long as it's untapped, which it was it's looks super cool to me. Walking well, skyscrapers tend to yes. look pretty cool. Um another so- thing that caught my eye was the virus beetle, which is aka ravenous rats. Yeah, I do that love would catch the eye of your family. Yeah, I do love the ravenous rats. It literally beetle. is a one-one, and when it enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. And this would be good, better than ravenous rats in Commander because when you play it, each opponent. You're correct. So it's more like um, I should know this. Rat cat. Failure. What? Black cat. No, not Black Cat. The they remade Ravenous Rats. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, but no, it's it's another rat. I'm sorry, listeners. I have failed you today. I will find that answer. And the next and I will podcast. Yeah. 
in the next podcast. All right, so opening packs was a lot of fun. Uh, we kind of tore through them all, big old pile of wrappers on the table. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. It was like Christmas Day all around. It, they smelled yeah. like, um, I, I think they smelled like chili for some reason. They did smell like chili. Either it was our house or it was the cards because we had chili last night. I had what, chili today. We'll have our listeners, why don't you sniff your packs of Kamigawa and respond back to us and let us know, do your cards smell like chili? chili. They smelled like chili for some reason. Yeah. But as we're going through it, we got a big pile of cards here. You have a lot of options for just a limited 40 card deck. How did you guys choose which path that you went? Um, For me, I saw that all the cool like ninjas, because this is Kamigawa is based on the ninjas mm -hmm. and cyberpunk. And so I decided, let's go with blue. And there was this one cool rat ninja, because I know that you like rats. Mm -hmm. I wanted to put it in the stick to be cool. So then I found a bunch of other black cards. So I was like, screw that. Let's just add in black, too. So I made a blue-black. Yep. Okay. Which it actually turned out to be pretty OP. I have won twice so far. Out of how many games? Four. And, um... But, but you were right. Yeah. To the measure of coolness is the amount of rats you have in your deck. And so I'm glad to hear that oh. you built a cool deck. And ninjas. And ninjas. And I have like seven ninjas. ninjas in here. And you put in a rat ninja, so... Yeah, I, I already won, right? I yeah. already won. Close enough. Wait, so uh, what do the ninjas do? So mostly what happens is when you have a creature that's attacking, and it's not blocked, and it's not getting blocked, you can pay a ninjutsu cost so that you can play it into play. And so instead of taking like a 1-1 one, one, per se, it can be like a 5-5, five, five. your ninja's a 5-5. Five, five. So or it's they like, will do yeah. various abilities. Yeah, like one ninja because that I played was, sneaky. one ninja that I played was like, you get to draw a card and if it's the first turn, if it's the first time it went on the battlefield and it deals combat damage, you actually get, you don't have to discard. Sure, so it's better than Ninja of the Deep Hours. Yes. Now, that, that, that was a great question, and actually, we have a guest on our podcast we didn't introduce at the beginning. So, Valentine, why don't you introduce the guest that's here with us? Our guest is Endo. Um, he doesn't play Magic, but I think he I mean, might... I play it sometimes yeah. on my Mac at home. He has an idea of how. He's played a little bit of Arena. He's played a little bit of Paper Magic. Ender is Valentine's older brother, one of them. I like a month or two. Ten. Like 10, yeah. <laughs> okay. Still older. But it's nice to have Ender here with us because you're asking a lot of the great questions, actually, yeah. as you go. And that's kind of how you learn is through observing, playing a little bit, and then always being curious when it comes yeah. to magic. So Ender said he didn't want to necessarily talk, that he was just going to hang out in the room with us. And here he is asking questions. And we know that happens with magic because yep. that natural curiosity. And I have a bunch of cards in my hand here, so if you have any other questions, um, be free to ask. What's the best card you got in your deck? The skyscraper <laughs> or a fish, which I will talk about later. Valentine, what direction did you go with your packs um, and your deck? I wanted to play something new, I would say. Okay. Because I've always played grass and red. Mm -hmm. You do play a lot of red-green. Yes. Um, so I decided to change it. So I went for a swamp and an island. Copycat. I did not copycat Jonathan. <gasps> I actually, I picked those first, and then Jonathan went with swamp. Oh, gotcha. Um, and so I had a lot of swamp and island cards, but so, I had to put a lot of lands. So for you, it was kind of volume. Your, your packs actually 
opened up a lot more blacks and blues, and it just seemed interesting. Yeah. That's fair. Derek, what directions do you go? Uh, I believe I'm the only person who went three color, and I just kind of went with an enchantment theme. I had a lot of stuff that was about modification, enchantments and artifacts matter. I had four sagas, I believe, and it played fairly well. I would say my biggest weakness was I have no flying or reach. Ooh, which I had some flying, but I have never, I did not play that. So flying, you can get over blocked, right? Uh, Flying has to be blocked by a creature with flying or reach. Yeah. One thing that I'm mad about is some some archers, you know how they have bows and they just shoot flying? Some archers don't have reach. And I'm mad. Yeah, so magic doesn't break theme. So I thought, um, like, when you had a flying creature, if something was blocking an attack, you could go over that and, like, attack. You know, that would make sense. So you kind of view it as there's one on the ground and those that are in the air. The ones in the air can always go to the ground, but the ones on the ground can't necessarily jump into the air. <laughs> unless they have unless, a potion of... Unless they have jump. Unless jump they have boost. jump, which I'm waiting for magic to keyword. Is that actually a thing? Know, that was yeah. a thing. Oh, well, there you it's go, a Magic. Card, but it could be a keyword at any yeah. time. If exactly. Wizards of the Coast is listening, please make a card with jump, and please remake archers to have reach. That is my one thing that I hate. You picked your niche. Go with that. What was your deck? So I went into this wanting to go with ninjas because they're ninjas. And then ninjas. every it seemed like every card I was opening or every pack I was opening had a vehicle in it. And I don't know if I communicated it in one of our episodes, but I know Derek and I have had many conversations of, I hate the concept of vehicles because you have to spend a creature to get a creature. And so at the end of the day, you don't get ahead. You're always tapping your stuff to get into it. Now, that was before Kamigawa came out, and it seemed most of the crew costs were like four, five, or six in previous sets, where Kamigawa had crews of like one, two, and three. And then the art of the vehicles here have a lot of nice ETB abilities as well as static abilities um, that, you know, help out. And I was like, man, I'm getting a bunch of these. And as I'm putting the rest of the deck together, I'm noticing a big artifact theme and a lot of really great artifacts that I drew. There were a lot. And, of you know, I'll talk into those in, in a bit. And so eventually I went red, blue artifact. And in fact, I was actually building three color too. I was going red, white, blue. But the problem became... There's so many good cards that I think were playable that when I put all my red and my blue and my white together, I was at like 50 cards. You don't have enough for that. And it just seemed that red and blue were really working towards the artifact theme where the white was more about the samurai and the um, like single attack kind of theme to it. And so because of that, I eventually cut the white out and just left it as red, blue. And I think I was the champion of the evening, meaning I won... I two believe rounds. you were. I won two rounds. Me too. Let it be noted. I, I went, I actually went 4 0. We had to battle each other. You know what? Yeah. I hated my deck. <laughs> I hated today this battle. I mean, I loved opening the sets, but I just didn't like. I will explain why she hates it in a minute. Yeah. I didn't like this, these battles between the two people, yeah. aka Joe and Jonathan. <laughs> Yep. Well, that happens sometimes. I wanted to scoop so bad, there but are, I decided not to. There are sets that sometimes when I play them, I just can't keep doing a draft or sealed. And other sets, I'll do like 50 drafts. So 
some sets just don't hit the right spot for certain players. And there are times where, I mean, the drafting part and putting the deck together is really the fun and the creative oh, part. Yeah. And then seeing it play out, especially if it doesn't play like you thought it would, can be very disheartening over time. Yep. So I understand your kind of desire to scoop um, and just say, done. But as you were looking through the cards, any of the themes that you saw that you're like, man, this is good, but eh, I didn't really want to go um, with that. I saw one. Uh, one really good card is Iron Apprentice. Okay. He is one colorless for a zero zero, and he is an artifact creature and he's a construct. And Iron Apprentice enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. And the thing that I like about him is when he dies, if it had counters on it, put those counters in target creature I control. That's, so that's the like arcbound ability, isn't it? Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. So like one time I have um. I have these a card in here that allows in my deck that allows me to um sacrifice a creature um to draw a card or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I sacrificed him, got a plus one plus one counter on my creature, then I got to draw a card as well. So in the end, I was sacrificing one creature, but in the end, getting a card plus a plus one plus one counter for my creature. Yep. And in this set, modified is a kind of huge, yeah. consistent theme, especially as you got into the like the white and red. I think it's a lot very of heavy white red. Yeah, and so having an artifact that can be put into any deck there, I mean, that's got a lot of utility in that one card. I oh, also yeah. found another thing where there's this dude called Searchlight Companion. He is three colorless for one one flying, and when it enters the battlefield, create a one one colorless spirit creature token. I just thought of this right now, but if the ninjutsu, when you return it to your hand, you can continuously play him, get mm -hmm. spirit, return, play him, get spirit, and you get infinite spirits until you run out of ninjas. Until <laughs> you run out of ninjas, you're right. That's the power of the ninjutsu ability. Yeah. So, overall, how do you think you got your decks worked out? My deck worked super well. Excellent. Valentine? My deck was 50-50. It didn't... Jonathan cost me. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Derek? I felt the same way I felt after a couple of drafts online. I'm one or two cards away from a good deck every time. And that could just be my choice of card. It could be what I drafted. I'm not sure yet. But after one sealed and three drafts on Arena, I just feel like I'm two or three cards away. Sure. And in this case, it would be Reach or Flying. Apparently. And and with my deck, I, I think actually I think I made a deck better than me. I mean there's Your a lot deck is very good. The deck is really good. Uh and there's a lot of like yeah. nuanced things you need to pay attention to. I, I saw you playing Valentine and I saw like a bunch of stuff going on that was like yeah. what in the world. And you know, Jonathan has the same genetic trait I trait idea where we don't read the whole card. No, and, I just and, put it in there and then I was like, wait, what is this doing? Oh. Yeah. And so there's a lot of times where I, I misplayed my deck. I still managed to squeak out a win, but I think there could have been a lot more cooler things I'd accomplished if honestly if I was a better player. Uh but it, again, that's also because I put blue in here. Blue's usually a more little more challenging no, color to play. Blue's like the best. Blue well, back. I'd played more blue control. And I'm just not the best control player. That's because you As, don't have Oko. You lost because you didn't have Oko. Correct. I did not pull an Oko out of Kamigawa. You are correct. So most magic sets all say expert level now. Mm -hmm. um, Joe and I will remember like back when Portal was out. That was like a starter level, everyone, newbie set. Um, sets now, expansions, are expert level. 
And often I feel like that's a little pushing it, that they're not really expert level. This set I do feel like is closer to that. Yeah. I, I think there's all the cards have upsides and downsides. Mm -hmm. I think the key to this set is playing off your downsides. Yeah. And that can be really hard to do, especially in a very limited format when you're kind of really trying to focus on one particular theme. Getting the right cards and removing the right cards are critical when it comes to winnowing down that deck to the key function of it. I agree. All right. And so as we played our rounds, we only did two rounds, but what were some of the notable moments that you had? What were some fun oh, things that happened? Oh, I got one. I got one. What? So I said that I tell you later in the podcast why Valentine hated this day, because um the two times that I won was against battle me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My only two times that I won were against Valentine. And when I did the first of all, I beat her with my Sky Scraper. Which, which I'm fine with. Which, yeah, and then and then I had my Sky Scraper out again, I'm pretty sure. You did? No, 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 no. I had my, him out. Because uh -huh. I did him out a lot because I put the perfect amount of mana. Mm -hmm. So I had out this, the Thundersteel Colossus, which is um, seven colorless for a 7-7 seven, seven artifact vehicle with Trample and Haste, and he is crew too, which is pretty good. So I tapped two of my creatures, attacked with Thundersteel Colossus, and with uh somebody, which is going to be my target cast, so I can't tell okay. now, but let's just call him Fish for now. Okay. I attacked with the fish and him. I hit Valentine with Thundersteel Colossus first, I was like, and then overkilled her with the fish. Got so him. she hates the fish now. So you just like the fact you beat someone yeah. with a fish. Yeah, I beat her with a fish, and Valentine's super mad that but she- But was it a jellyfish? No, it was just a fish. It it's a koi. So she's pretty mad. That's going to be my card of the cast. So I'll let you know later. Sad slash bad thing about this is that he killed me with said so fish that I have in my own deck. <laughs> she had it in her own deck. You gotta hate when your card beats you. <laughs> I mean, I love the card. It's super artistic and for me, cute. I just... I just don't like it a lot. Okay. okay. Derek, what about some notable moments from you? Um, I think probably the most notable for me was casting a Planeswalker at flash speed and doing something. I can tell you that completely caught me off guard. Was not expecting a Planeswalker yeah. to jump in and triggering a loyalty ability. Yep. So I, I was very pleased with that. It didn't win me the game, but I was like, I'm going to do it. It did change kind of the tide of that battle, though. Yes. That particular yeah. that, that fight. Um, I think for mine, I drafted Dragon Spark Reactor, uh, which is one in red. And when it comes into play or another artifact that enters a battlefield, I put a charge counter on it. You can pay four, sacrifice it. It deals damage equal to the charge counters to target player and a target creature. And so that sounds really good, but there's a lot of ramp up you got to do to make it effective. You got to put pay two to get it into play, and then when you pop it, it's got to be at four. So you got to put it at the right moment to get the most value out of it. And it just so happened I dropped that in when I had a bunch of one drop artifacts that I was able to kind of bounce in my hand. And so I was able to get that to five charge counters in two turns. Yeah. And so five to the face and pretty much guaranteed you're killing a creature was i think the that, that kind of turned the game for you yeah and so to me it was good just to get that off especially when i thought the card was pretty decent and i heard on another podcast that it was crap so i was glad to be like yes but again i think that was very niche and i have a very artifact heavy deck i don't know that that's going to work in other situations my other three drafts though that i've done 
there's I've played at least one artifact heavy deck every time. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a good card that is playable. Um, so- there's also one thing. Um, I was playing, and there's this one card that I was never attacking with, and I didn't know why. And then I asked Derek what its ability meant, which um I figured out is like a very good card, which is um futurist operative. Mm-hmm. He is three colorless and one blue for a three four human ninja. Um, as long as futurist operative is tapped, it's a human citizen with base power and toughness one one, and can be and can't be blocked. Then you can pay two and one blue for a to untap him, which I didn't really understand at first. And then when Derek told me what happened, is when you have him into play. You can tap him, which he becomes that one one. But when you untap him, they take they take the same three uh-huh. instead of taking the one one. So essentially, the three. I mean, at the end of the day, the three makes it an unblockable three four. Yep. Yeah. But that's that's a, a perfect example. One of those you've really got to look into the card yeah. and keep your mind. Like, uh, you know, that's the expert level. Like that. Um, you really got to be watching. The Iron Apprentice may upgrade him so that he's tougher because that plus one plus one counter on him. So that was good. Another thing that I found, which is, so they have defenders usually, which are like zero fours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found a Guardians of the Oboro, mm-hmm. which I never read. I just put it in, like you said. Okay. There we do. Mm-hmm. And he is a two, he's two and one blue for a three, four. And he's a Moonfolk Samurai. Um, He's a defender and modified creatures you control can attack as though they didn't have defender. Got it. So he's a 3 for a 3 4, which makes yeah. him an excellent blocker by its nature. Yeah, and also one thing that I've never seen is defenders having, like, power. Like, I've seen them have defense, never power. Like, Valentine has attacked me before. I blocked and killed her creature. If it kills mine, I, it was a defender anyway. So anyway, I get rid of it. Yeah. And that Iron Apprentice, that one's super good. Like, if I put it on him, he can now attack. What other cards did you see, Jonathan, that called out your eye? Um, top two or three, including what is your card of the cast? Well, do my card of the cast after. Um, I only have four more cards left that caught my eye. Two, which are that's some Joe math. Which are um, mirror shell crab, which is five and two blue for a five seven with ward three. Okay. So whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that player pays three. Usually those counter spells are a lot. Uh-huh. So if I just pay three, they all have to pay three more, and usually they've played stuff. No, they have, they have to play. They have to pay three in addition oh. to the card's cost in order to yeah. target that. And then it also has channel, which you can pay two and one blue, discard him, and counter target spell or ability unless it's um controller pays three. So it's a really good attacker, mm-hmm. and also it can counter stuff pretty easily. So the, the channel ability adds a new level of flexibility for a lot of these cards. Yes, I it see, does. Which I thought was pretty cool. Just And just a nice little add to the card. And it just takes cards that are mediocre and just makes them good. Yeah, then my last card before the card of the cast is Ecologist Terrarium, which is actually really good. It is um two um random mm-hmm. for a artifact, which after this ability happens, it can just be an artifact. So that if you have a card that does something with artifacts, that will actually help. What it does is when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Which, that's a good way to get land. 
because um I usually because mine was a mine was a blue black so mm-hmm. with my blue black deck I didn't put that much black in it so it's kind of hard so with this I could get black pretty easily and then afterwards when it's done you can pay two and tap it to sacrifice it put a plus one plus one counter on a target creature and that um, triggers and activate uh, only as a sorcery and that triggers yeah. uh, all the modified yeah. yeah all right and what's your card of the cast first Valentine says that um Valentine has something to say about this card which card is that ecologists terrarium so I think we need that for my land call deck. I think that'd be a amazing card in that deck, actually. Yes. And then afterwards, you can put the plus one plus one counter on the creature. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then finally, my card of the cast, aka Fish <laughs> Valentine, is Sky Swimmer Toy. It's three and one blue for a three three fish, which is which has flying. And so our- for the record, archers can't always shoot stuff in the air. No. Fish can fly though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, why does that make sense? Why does that make sense? Anyway, I'm sorry. So, Um, three in the blue. And also what it does is whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. If you do, discard. So, it is a, if you feel like you need, you have a crappy hand, which is just land, draw a card, discard. I can tell you with my red-blue deck, I also have (laughs) the fish in it, and I did an awful lot of just pilfering. Yeah. The fish actually, like, most people, um... All the decks I've seen don't really have that much reach or flying in it. And this fish does it a lot. Like, it's a 3-3, yeah. and I'm, I kill, I overkilled Valentine with a fish, I which is still good. I don't to continue talking this. <laughs> Alright, so moving on, Valentine, what were some of the cards that you you brought into the deck that were good for you? So, I have two that I've used in my deck that okay. I don't think I really, I don't know, I don't think I really like them. <laughs> But these are the your eye. Yeah. They're okay. the uncards of the cast. So first <laughs> first we had Tonosu, Toad Rider. It's one swamp and then two colorless. Legendary creature. We'll get more into about How dare you. It's a toad, the best creature. <laughs> Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, if you don't control a creature named Clean, uh create clean, a legendary three three black and green frog, a creature token with Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, each opponent loses a life, and you gain one life. Tosumo, one and um, green and island. Toad and target target frog you control can't be blocked this turn except for by creatures with reach or flatness. So that caught you caught your eye, but it also is an unpopular card. Why? Because you just never drew it. Yeah. I mean, I drew it, but I don't think I would have used it because Okay. I have no clue idea. Like, in any of the matches, did you actually have it in your hand? Yes, I had it, I think, yeah, once well, with me. the whole time yeah. I was playing. You just didn't play it? Yeah, yeah she never did. Oh. That's actually one card that I was looking for that I never pulled because I like frauds a lot. And I also like toads. Frogs. I also like toads. Toads are similar to frogs. They're like brothers. So I was looking forward to getting that card. Still no. Maybe in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe so. All right, what was the other card that you um, had? And then go to Chichi of Lost Wisdom. It's mm-hmm. uh, one island and then one colorless. It's a legendary uh, enchantment creature. Then at the beginning of your end step, you may pay one 
colorless when you do target color mills x cards where x is the number of shrines you control to mill a card a player puts the top card of the library into the graveyard and it's a zero four so why do you like that card i know why i like it because it it's a very good defender it is a very good defender and it has flying. And also... Yeah. And it's it's two for a zero four. Even with all my flying creatures. And the abilities. They were all two threes or three threes. I didn't yeah. have anything that could flat out kill that. Yeah, you had to work to kill it. Yeah, I think I might even had a two... Did I two for one? It? I, I think can't. you did. Yeah, and so it takes a lot to get rid of it. And then its extra ability is great because it's just one mana and it's colorless. And so there are often times where you just have that last one floating that you can't spend. So... Mm-hmm. Why not make the mill a card? Also, and, uh, potentially it could be more if you have more shrines. Yeah, if you have more shrines, definitely could be more. A popper so, mill deck that could work in it pretty well, actually. Well, I think a shrine based deck yeah, would be yes. where you need to head with that one. So basically, it's just like a really good card. It's good because uh, milling is milling to me is also similar to discard. You're paying a card to remove a card for their potential use which is almost the same as a kill spell if you get yeah. rid of a creature or you get rid of an artifact. In the podcast that we listened to in the car that rated the cards, did they rate that one at all? Um, they will. If they, yeah. you, maybe you didn't get to it, but they will. They yeah. always do commons and uncommons, yeah. and then rares and mythics. Do you know what that podcast was called? No. Um, good to hear your cards that cast are uncommon. Card to the cast. Just leave yeah. a shout out to It's one card to the cast and then one uncard to the cast. Yeah, I have multiple more. I've... One more. Give us one more. Okay. So, final decision. Yeah, the final decision. So, um, I'm going to not near this word name. Okay. Shikimik? Shikimik <laughs> of Virginia? Legendary creature enchantment. It's one force and one colorless. Then another one colorless and a force. Tap it. A uh, return Chikimi to its owner's hand. Reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put a land card among them onto the battlefield. Tap. Put the west into the graveyard. Channel. Uh, two colors X and then two force. Discard Chikia. Return X. Target. Nine legendary cards from your graveyard into your hand, and it's a one three. So why did that catch your eye? Because I I feel like it's talking a lot about lands, and it's also a legendary. And I had two of them, but I think it would be good for my. Oh, land, I know where that's going. My landfall deck. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I could see that going in there. Because you draw four and. Then well, it's filtering. It's letting you see cards to yeah. get what you need. Yep. Okay. Derek, what cards stood out for you? I'm not going to read the whole card because it's got a lot of text, but Experimental Synthesizer after some drafts. I got that one. And playing today, cards in All-Star. Yeah. And I think that Joe and I are going to have a, a little special episode, and I will probably talk about it more there. And then the other one that caught my eye... Um, mostly for Commander, but I managed to open a Moon Circuit Hacker. I did too. In the um, Cyberpunk Ninja whatever frame and foil. So that will be going in my Eureka Commander deck. I've also nice. seen a lot of cards that have to relate with Moon, so I'm pretty sure all these things have to be at night. Like, Ninjas usually strike at their nighttime. That's true. Correct. And Not in Boba Fett, though. And, and, no spoilers. No, no spoilers for me? Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. 
We're not crossing that. He's he's for everything. So um, I got a few of them. I'll kind of keep it to uh, again on the highlights here. Um, I did draft a Mech Titan core, and I really liked it because Mech Titan it costs two for a two four. Uh, I'm not going to read the ability. Go online, look at it. It's a big block of text, but pretty much it puts a big old beastie on the table if you get rid of four artifacts with it. That was super easy for me to do with the four artifacts especially with my artifact theme. So basically, I pay two mana, the opponent gets rid of a discard spell, or a kill spell. And it pretty much always drew attention, and I think, to me, was a pretty happy distraction. Yeah, and then I saw yeah. you once. Though, I did trigger it. Yes, yeah, I got to do it once. You it and put it into your hand one time I saw, and put it back out like next turn. Yeah. So I really like that guy. I did also draft an inventive iteration. Um, it's a saga card. It gets a bounce ability, return an artifact from a graveyard to your hand. If you can't, you just draw a card. So either way, it's a win. Yeah, there's can't, no downside can't lose on, on it. Second. But the flip side of it is a 3-3 flying, which we already talked about how flying can dominate. But most importantly, it says whenever you cast a spell, your opponents can't cast spells with the same mana value as that spell until your next turn. And so it blocks them out. And as we noted in playing it, one of the things we need to think about, it's whenever you cast a spell. It's not whenever you cast a spell on your turn. So you can cast an instant on opponent's turn and they can't play that mana value. And also it does say your opponents, so you can always throw it in the commander deck and get some control across the whole board with it. So I have two thoughts on that card. One, I think I'll be picking one up for Eureka Commander. Two, that ability feels very white. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see it in blue. I think they looked at it from the control perspective, yes. but even yes. then, that is a very white ability as a static. If you can't like do that, would be in my death and taxes deck. Yeah. I mean, blue usually is you can't do that thing, whereas white is usually globally, no one can do this. Yep. And that's where that feels. So I'm with you on that. Um, the other one I'll mention is the Modern Age. It's another saga, one of blue. First two abilities are draw a card, discard a card, and then you flip it over and you get a 2-3 flying. To me, it's Saga Delver. Yeah, it's very Delverish. Yep. And then uh, High Speed Hoverbike, two is with Flash. It's a vehicle, yes, but really just the ability comes into play, you get to tap a creature. And that, for me, helps save an attack. That probably saved my life in one of the games. I know it did against me once. Yep. And then my last card, which I love just because it's Ragavan. He's back. But Who's not, not, not really. Um, there's some people you shouldn't ask that question around. Don't ask Matt. Yeah. Well, I, I will then. He's a bad, bad monkey. Anyway, Reinforced Ronin is a one red, and he's a 2-2 with haste. At the beginning of your instep, return it to its owner's hand. He was doing a lot of work. If you're on the play, it's a shock. Plus, you get the card back. And there's a lot of artifact ETB triggers of when it comes into play. And so you're constantly casting him and you're constantly triggering the ETB abilities of artifacts. So did you ever use the Ronin, attack, get him back, channel to draw a card, and then use that inventive iteration to then on the second phase of the saga, bring it back to your hand? No, I didn't. And you want to know why? I'm not that good of a player. <laughs> and that's where, yeah, again, you could really you get into... yourself. I, I wrecked my future potential, you're right. And so that's one of those things, it, it just there's craziness that can happen with it. And I think this is going to be one of those sets. You draft it once, you're going to be like, wow, I had like 18 misplays. You draft it again, it's going to go down to five. You draft it again, you're probably going to have just a standard two or three, but you're going to get better and better at it. And you're going to kind of learn and grow as a player as you continue to work through the set. And I don't know about you guys, I love this set. Me I too. I want to open more. 
So yeah. I, one one quick thing before we say what you know if we love it or not. Joe had two vehicles in his cards, and I think that really does prove what he said about this set has changed his opinion. It has changed my opinion on vehicles now. How At many, least for this set. Yeah, how many? I think they're viable because of their price points. Yeah, and and the ability to activate them. Now that being said, how many times did I activate a vehicle and actually attack with it? I did it once. <sighs> I think you would have against me a couple times, but I kept locked down your <laughs> yeah. Voltron guy. True. Um, I will say there were a few moments where I said, this particular creature has a static ability that I think is too fragile. And so I would tap that to activate. I mean, they might both be three threes, mm -hmm. but I would I would choose to tap that to activate the vehicle because I didn't want to risk losing that card. Yep. And so from that aspect, I can see the value of protecting your creatures by using them to crew instead of attacking. And so... I will agree. I'm coming around the corner, but I still think vehicles are not the best. Yeah. But they are much, much better. I have uh, two questions. Yes. So not in like um money wise, but what are like the best cards in your deck, like for attacking and defending? I think that goes back to yeah to what I mentioned earlier of just I didn't have any good money cards. If Matthew's the listening, most utility, don't be mad. Yeah, most utility cards. I loved the Ronin and you know the ones that. I mentioned on there the um, the fish worked for me too. <laughs> the fish because I played a whole bunch of artifacts. That's gonna be in all my blue decks. Um, and for me, enthusiastic mechanaut, which is the green red two two flying artifact spells are cheaper, very conditional, but for me it was great. It's also blue red, not green red. Actually, I have one last question. You can edit that, right? I can, but you won't. No. Okay. <laughs> I have one last question. Yeah. Um, so what is, like, the cheapest but best card you have in your oh deck? Oh my god, and, uh... Cheapest? Basic land. I think I'm gonna go back to oh. Reinforced Ronin. Artifact Ragavan. He's only one red. Yeah. Okay, so Valentine, love the set. Scale of 1 to 10. 10 being best set you've played so far. 8.5. Okay. Jonathan? 100 out of 10. I, I, I don't like... Joe? I'm going to give it a solid eight only because we did Modern Horizons 2 together and that was a phenomenal slash broken set. Yep. I will say of the like regular releases that go into the standard rotation, this is a solid set. I'd probably give that more closer to the eight and a half or nine. I between eight and a half. I think this set has a lot of potential. Um, the most that we've seen in a, a standard only set since uh, Throne of Eldraine. Which yeah. I don't think we did anything as a group for. No. All right, so um, as you approach this again, what might be something you do a little bit differently? Not play three colors. Uh, Joe and Jonathan actually reading the whole entire card. Actually, mine did turned out well, and I didn't read it. I have to say... Um, I also have one other thing to say after you. Okay. Well, I think I wouldn't build the deck any differently. I would play the deck differently. I hope I get artifacts again, because... They seem to be really fun in this set. They've got a lot of utility to them. If you ever pay, if you ever want to build a deck, I recommend using the skyscraper and the fish. Because, yeah, they're two of the best cards. Because be I won fish. with them. All right, so keep your eye out for the fish the next time you play. Fish. The fish. Uh, can Coming somebody out. in the... Um, like, can somebody comment hashtag fish? We'll, we'll see if we can bring that back. So I, I I think overall, we had a great experience with Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to the next time we can do this 